eloquent evening god and goddesses it's your girl jay also known as jay demi and i'm here with the best co-host with the fucking most it's your girl k also known as k bex and i'm here with my good sis here to drop another jewel on demi dropping jewels thank you for listening another week down more weeks to go many 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 more and shout out to the network venture season network www.ventureseasonnetwork.com heaven you can catch it all there um everything that we have going on everything that the entire network has going on so there's something for everybody if you're into sports there's something for you if you like basketball there's something there if you like football there's something there if you just want to hear about everyday life, there's something there. If you want to hear about life stuff like vegan, then, you know, we there. So, whatever you want to, it's there. www.introseasonnetwork.com Okay. Um, but we are here again to do what we always do. And that's to drop a jewel or two. Or three or four or five or six or seven. I don't know. But we're going to do it. We're going to bring you all the jewels that are available in regards to black finance. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about our experiences. We're going to talk about our mistakes. Um, our mistakes. We're going to talk about what we think the big mistakes are in the black community financially. We're going to talk about where we think the opportunities are. We're going to tear it up for 45 minutes. And then we're going to let y'all know what's relevant. Okay. This is just, again, like usual. We just want to give you something new to think about. So, thank you for being here again. And we're going to dive right in. Um, so, I want to start first by just giving y'all a little bit of my background. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in finance, minor in economics from Rutgers University. A very accredited college, as we all know very proud of that um and i've been working in corporate finance for the last 10 years and i've been working in mortgage finance for the last five um so I, i've seen a lot of things happen through my own experiences and through helping other people through their experiences so i'm gonna give you what's here today and my best yeah. <laughs> she has some credentials for y'all as well and I think she slipped up on the finance industry didn't you yeah I sneaked up on it I actually <laughs> have my degree from Pace University I have my bachelor's in psychology and women and gender studies and I worked in finance for about 10 years mortgage finance for five years about five years and I just wanted to help build the gap between financial literacy and the black community, as well as just financial literacy as a whole and minorities. Because I feel like there's a, from experience, there's a big gap and we don't get the opportunities to build generational wealth in comparison to other cultures because of the fact that a lot of us don't have the opportunity to really learn from our mistakes and jump ahead yep. because of the mistakes being so costly. So if this jewel that we're dropping today helps build that gap and allow you to be the first in your family to make that difference, to change the financial dynamic within your family, by all means, 
drop a comment. <laughs> we want to see everybody win. And if you have more questions for us in regards to where can I go to get additional information or just general financial Any questions. questions. And, and I wouldn't even say financial, like, right? Because it could just be like questions. We on here every day talking about real life, everyday situations. And um, we don't have all the answers, but we have been through a lot. And there's a lot of problems we've learned to avoid after we've gone through them. Um, and we must try to help people avoid going through yes. those problems or having to feel um, those hardships and those outcomes of their actions if we can. Because um, you could, you can lead, what do they say? You can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. You can't make it drink. So we can't do it all, but we're here for you guys. Um, and that's not, a, don't be jumping in our DMs. Don't yes. crazy. We will send y'all a link to the website. You will get a like to the website. But you guys got any financial questions and just anything that you need, some sort of advice or whatever one. We here, we got y'all. We real people. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about black money and um and we're here to talk about black finances. And I think the first thing that um I want to approach is I think the like the cliche that you can't be successful. If you don't have a college degree, that's definitely not true. Yeah, um, <laughs> college isn't for everybody. I chose the college route because the thing that I knew I wanted to do um, in order to achieve success the way that I wanted to achieve it—that's what it required. Um, every job, every profession takes some sort of skill, right, or some sort of passion or some sort of will to learn and become better. Um, nobody just wakes up and they're just created like every aspect of whatever it is that they're, you know, trying to dabble in. But you have to take that thing and take the steps that it takes to succeed at that thing. Um, and for me, the first wealthy person that I was exposed to is the reason why that, you know, why I work in finance till this day is the reason why I chose finance is the reason why math was like my thing um and it was my uncle calvin <laughs> um he's really my cousin but he's old enough to be my uncle so out of respect shout out to my uncle calvin he's um he's an accountant and i remember being so young and being at this family event at his house mm -hmm. and his house was so he was the only family member whose house i had been to house super big <laughs> Um, you know, all the foods that you can imagine, all the expensive stuff that don't nobody be wanting to buy for family events that the kids can eat too, <laughs> you know. Um, and my grandmother was the type of person, she will ask you what you, what you do. Like, <laughs> she was, she learned networking early. <laughs> Listen, okay. And she, there was no shame in her game. My grandmother was the type of person that would literally like sit at the table with you, look you up and down, just go about your shoes. You know, like, oh, some, some nice shoes you got on there. What kind of shoes is them? Oh, okay. All right. There's your hair, girl. Okay, that's nice. How much you pay for that? Like, well, literally, like, running down. Oh, you got a little? That's the only time. Like, hmm. So, so what you do? Like, you clearly got a little money. What you do? You, you work or you or somebody else? 
else gave you that stuff, you know? <laughs> like, that was my grandmother. Um, and, jeez, it's so funny. She would even be that type to be like, let me get $20. You <laughs> were like, got money, it ain't gonna be nothing to you. It's not gonna be nothing to you. Let me get $20. And shout out to Uncle Calvin because he would give it to her. Um, but I say that to say, um, that led to my comfortability in having a conversation with him about like what he does. And I asked him, I said, you know, do you consider yourself to be like successful? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I said I do pretty well. And you know, I asked him if he owned everything. Like, it's all yours. And he's like, yeah, everything's mine. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, if you don't mind me asking, like, what do you do? Because I want to make sure that I, you know, prepare to do the right thing so that I can live like this when I grow up. You know, because there was a lot of people around me struggling. A lot of people don't know what I've the things that I've seen as a child. Even my cousins didn't know. Like, they're now like having conversations with me at 30, and I'm telling them things that. I lived through with my grandmother and like even all the way down I'm talking to my mom and like telling her things that I lived through with my grandmother and it's like what I had no idea like you were going through those experiences um but I you know I asked him like what is it that you do and he told me he was like I'm an accountant and I was like oh, okay I was like, I think I want to do that too. Like, and he was like, no, 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 you don't want to do what I do. You want to do something better. You want to make even more money than me. Maybe even better than I, I am. And I said, well, what, well, what's better than what you have going on? And he was like, um, I wish I would have been an investment banker. Mm. Um, and he was like, in order to do that, you need a degree in finance. And, you know, you have to set yourself up for those steps. I didn't know the difference, so I went into accounting for whatever reasons he went in. And he was like, but if I could do it over, this is what I would have done, you know? And um, so I went researching, like, what kind of degree? Like, what do I have to do to be able to be an investment banker? And I had to first find out what an investment banker is. And then I had to find out what they, you know, what type of requirements are in place to get that type of a job in finance and economics you know, the bachelor's degree in finance and the minor in economics at the minimum was the requirement or what was ideal. Yes, you could have less than that and still do that type of investment banking, but um, that was the ideal requirement. So I was, from that point, numbers driven, right? Everything numbers, 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 numbers. Got to Rutgers and the advisor tells me not to do that. Tells me, well, no, because they're two separate schools of business. They're not They're not in the same school. You know, economics is in the school of sci sciences and finance is in the school of business. So that means you'll have to take two extra years and add that onto your college career. And, you know, you don't want to stress yourself out. And da -da 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 -da. So I decided to take finance and business management. So I was double majoring. So I said, since I'm not going to minor in what I want because you make it, I said, I'm a double major. I'm going to do finance and business management, double majoring, right? That was, uh, so I did that for a few years, but once I got to the 400 levels of business management, I just was like, I'm doing this and I just feel like this is not what I should be doing for whatever reason the the economic side of it was very important. And I feel like it was because it showed me the part of the world when it comes to actual trading. And we're going to dive even deeper into the type of trading that y'all are doing that is not actual stock trading, but we can talk about it. And we will very briefly, I won't get too deep, but I'm just saying, I see what y'all doing. And, but, you know, and back. Um, so I wanted the economic side. I wanted to see like how people becoming millionaires 
trading stocks and bonds on Wall Street. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I need to see that, you know? Um, it led to me wanting to basically drop out, almost dropping out and deciding to go to my new advisor once I did get into the school of business and, you know, fulfilled all my requirements or whatever. I had a new advisor and I'm going to see her. And I told her, I think I'm about to just, I'm ready to just like throw in the tap. She's like, what? You're three years and you're almost done. What are you talking about? I'm like, man, but this is not like, this is not what I expected. And I kind of told her. And she put me back on track to getting my economic minor. And she was like, I don't care. Don't let anyone else tell you about what the plan should be for you. Um, you walked on this campus knowing what you you wanted to do. A lot of people don't walk on this campus knowing what they want to do. Yeah. And the last thing that I want is for you to fight for something that doesn't mean to you what you feel like you value. So, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to be having to take a lot of math courses where if you're not prepared, a lot of people do end up dropping. Like, your advisor was not lying, but at the end of the day, if you're capable, you're capable, and I think you're capable. And that's what it is. And it's also, like, how bad do you want it? Like, you mm -hmm. can't allow people to deter you from your dream. If that's God specifically gave you that dream for a reason, and you could be the, the person that changes your entire environment and by giving up there's like thousands of people that are basically waiting for you to take that step leap forward so for the mere fact that you did that like thank you because you don't know how many lives you've touched since going that route like Listen, <laughs> because like literally it, it allows you like for one it allows me to see how Although the system should always be for our success, it's really not. It That first advisor counted me out. She did not think I was capable of doing the work. She didn't think I was capable of putting the time in. And when minorities go to school for longer periods of time, I, they have a higher dropout rate. Um, so the thing she was saying, and it might be true for some, but you was killing my dream before you even, you know what I'm saying? So, say all that to say, you have to do whatever it's going to take to be able to do what you want to do in life. I'm, I'm still not investment banking right now, but I'm working towards it. First, that, but I'm also <laughs> not where a lot of people are at 50, 60 years old and can, can't say that they've touched checks as big as ours you know what i mean can't say they w2 ever looked like ours looked and i have to be grateful for that right we work in a field very rough field i won't say too much about what we do but it's a grind it's a grind <laughs> um but we can do things that some people can't do um and that's why i say too like despite all the knowledge i have I don't make all the right decisions financially. Mm -hmm. um, and there's certain things, situations that I'm in now because I won't make the right decisions financially. Like for instance, every year for the last few years, I've had the goal of saving 10 G's that is completely untouched and has no goal or anything that it's supposed to go towards or anything like that. And every year I don't do it. But you know what? 
this year, that 10,000 went to me going on trips and there's been so many years that I was not able to financially be able to afford to take trips with me mm -hmm. and my entire family. I can now say that it hasn't even been 12 months and I've done three. Yeah. And <laughs> I got another one planned in July and I got another one planned in August and we're trying to fit in another one <laughs> in between that. You know what I'm saying? So it's a give and take financially, right? You got it. Everything is decisions. And I know there's things that I sacrificed in order to have those experiences, but I felt like they were deserved. So I, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I feel like the, there's a lot of things that come into play financially, but we just have to realize that they, they figure out what works for you and what you think you can put the work behind to just keep pushing and be great at it whatever it is and if it requires a degree you got to get that degree if it requires a license you got to get that license if it requires a certificate you got to get that certificate if it requires for you to be putting out content for 10 years put out content you got to put out content for 10 fucking years all right so we've kind of dived into um a lot so far right um so my question for you, Kay, is what do you think about financial education in the black community? And is it adequate? And I think that you're a very um, well-grounded financial-based person. Like I think that your family prepared you pretty well for life um, to not go through some of the, like, I think some of the things that are, I think things that are just common kind of um, culturally mm -hmm. that we experience. Um, so is there, is there anything also that you feel like your family is a different? So it's like kind of like a three part question. Like, do you think financial education is adequate in our community? Um, you know, what are your experiences with it? And, and do you think that your parents did something different than what you might have seen in all your other experiences with black families in general from what you've seen and you know? I think in regards to financial literacy in the black community there's a lot of room for improvement a lot of it has to do with a lot of people not knowing the do's and don'ts or not sharing the do's and don'ts because they don't want to have that stigma of oh it's a mistake i shouldn't have made yeah it's a growing moment but to avoid not only you making that mistake again and your family making it as well as friends and loved ones, like our people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So I can't educate or expect the next generation to be better, be better without expressing or showing them like, this is where I messed up at. This is what I want to teach you to avoid having to be put in a circumstance. And I think in regards to my family, that has been the most <laughs> beneficial. Um, a lot of people in my family are entrepreneurs. I also have a lot of people in my family that work a nine to five. The commonality between the two is that they both have worked their entire lives, either dedicating it to their own personal business or their employer. So the work ethic is the commonality. The commonality is the work ethics. But the where the disconnect lies is a lot of us just work to live instead of living to work like we don't allow our finances to really work for us we do it just to be able to you get mean ahead we're living to work instead of working to live 
Because if I'm working to live, I'm putting in yes. the work in order to be able to live and experience so many different things. Versus if I'm living to work every day, I'm just going to work. My yes. my passion is to go work and make money. Yes. And that's why I've, I've been asked, right? What's your passion? And I'm like, I don't have a passion. <laughs> I don't have a passion because money is my motivator it's my biggest drive in life my struggle is the reason i keep pushing mm. i don't want to struggle forever I've, I've been there i did that my whole life i don't want to do certain things again so there's certain slips that are not there's no room for it in my life but i'm also a survivor because i know how to be broke when you can live being broke you know how to you don't fear being broke anymore it's like I don't want to be broke, right? And I don't want to be broke all the time. But if I have to be broke, I know how to be okay while being broke. So if there's something that's important enough for me to be broke for, yeah. I will sacrifice it. I don't even think it's just broke. It's more, I have to... When, I, when I say broke, I mean like... I mean, you financially tapping out and having... not. I mean broke. I mean, I mean not enough. Not I mean, enough. not another... No, I'm not even saying... I'm saying not another dime to your name. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm saying experience. I'm 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 saying that like like there there is beauty in the struggles that I've been through, but it creates a hunger that for, you wouldn't have if you were right. Privileged. For, like, for instance, <laughs> we used to go to food bank. We didn't have enough food in the house, so my grandma would go to food bank. All the time, different food banks, and um, now being the age that I am, you know, I, I spend money on things that I shouldn't because I because of what I've been through. So my kids are bougie. Like my kids probably the only my son is probably the only six year old you could sit at the table and, and you'd be like, what do you want to eat today? You'd be at a restaurant. What do you want to eat today? He'd be like, do they have lobster? My niece is there. <laughs> now, I've done that because I don't want my kids to ever feel the way that I felt being in that food bank line. It taught me some. It taught me that I don't want to be here anymore. But as a grown-ass woman, if I want to plan a trip to Disney World, and that means I got to tap the fuck out and we got to live check to check, mm -hmm. I also know how to ground, buy some ground turkey and make spaghetti that's going to last a couple of days and go to all these instead of ShopRite and fucking Wegmans. And I, I know how to stretch a dollar bill. I know how to make a dollar out of 15 motherfucking cents because of my struggle. So therefore, I don't fear being down to my last $60 to get me by for two weeks. I've learned how to finesse the system where I know I should, I can make do, I can make a way. So I don't, and that's, and that's the downside to struggling because there's comfort. Some people get comfortable with the struggle and that's my thing. I'm never, I'm not comfortable with the struggle. I just know I can survive in it. So if there's something that's a, a greater good, mm -hmm. I don't mind sacrificing financially because I'm used to not having anything financially and I think and that's where my opportunity I think my personal opportunity is is just being more disciplined and realizing like just because you got it and you can now at this point in your life 
hold on to it. That'll feel even more better. You know, sit on it. Mm. Sit on it and know you can do everything. Which I'm grateful to where I am financially now, but I can remember times where I had to find money to buy Uber Noodles. In a way, that is also, it's a privilege. It's a privilege in the sense that there is financial help that you can obtain, but there are some people that aren't afforded that. Like the way that I grew up, my parents, like my dad's work, my dad has worked since he's 17. He's worked all his life. And on paper, my family makes too much money to be able to afford to be able to qualify yeah, for it. Yeah, that's systems. a fucking setup too, though. It is, and it's because just like they take all that shit in taxes, bro. I've seen and, my um, parents struggle, and with that, my mom has given me a lot of responsibility on learning how to budget and sacrificing want versus need to avoid you being in a position where if you don't have it. And there's not another outlet that you can utilize to get that extra assistance or even having a village that you can depend on in the event that there is one or two slip ups, how to make your system work for you. And a lot of times like it was disheartening because it's growing up like, yes, my parents sacrificed a lot for me and my siblings to be able to take advantage of certain experiences and opportunities. But there were also very instances where my parents didn't really have much, but they also didn't really have a full village that they could depend on and they didn't qualify mm -hmm. for government assistance. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had to learn the ebbs and folds of the financial world, as well as how to survive in the event that you don't have that moral support or you don't have that financial support. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've learned from experience that with experiencing struggle or seeing struggle, it not only builds character, but it also creates a hunger where you're a, little, a lot more conscious mm -hmm. about the decisions that you make financially. Because my, my grandmother was in the same boat. She, she, she wouldn't have, her income wasn't low enough for her to be approved for tannage, sectioning, and like none of that shit. Um, the good thing is, you know, until I, no, I'm, I was about to lie. I was about to say she got food stamps, but that's a lie. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't. Um, there were certain points in my childhood where we could uh, qualify and we did have it. But when I got pregnant with my daughter, I said, uh, I'll never be on any type of assistance unless I'm literally completely down and out. I just mm -hmm. don't want my kids to ever be caught up in the system. And, um, you know, now now I can't I can't qualify for shit. I make too much fucking this is the first year I owe. Girl. Let's get into it. I haven't reached a different motherfucking tax bracket. I need to have another kid or something. Okay? Because and me and Kay was talking about this too. Um, you know, just kind of comparing working a nine to five to the taxes you pay as an entrepreneur. Um, because my good sis thought the hit was harder than it was. Yeah. I, you know, and the good thing too is, another thing we don't really look at it is, when you're an entrepreneur and you have a business, you got expenses you can write off, baby. Now, 
what and this is education point newsflash everybody that's an entrepreneur put your fucking antennas up you need to be mindful of the income that you are writing off that your business has made because when you decide to walk into a place and want to apply for a mortgage your income has to be enough to qualify if you wrote it off you did not make it a lot of us think that when you apply for a mortgage, it's going to be what your your actual revenues or whatever were. No, no, no. It's what your taxes show after your expenses were deducted. That's your income. So if you're writing off every single dime that you made, or if you're only leaving yourself $12,000 or $20,000, please understand that that's, that's about as much mortgage as you're going to be able to afford, which ain't much if you don't know your numbers and your math. Because your debt-to-income ratio needs to be at 50% or less. And, and that's if it's a big company like mine. Because the smaller ones, it's 45, 47, 43. If you want to be technical. Um, and that's not discrediting either. Like, if you have the funds to be able to purchase your, your house free and clear, that's the best way to go. Because you're having... Right, but we're talking about the average Joe, though. We're not talking about people that... Are, like, you know, uh, although... If you're wealthy and you're listening... Kevin, we'd love to bring you on. But, you know, you know, we're talking about the, the improvement of the black community, and I feel like that's not the average. The average black person ain't really, really, really wealthy. Not your average one. Not your average one. If we really were to take all black people in America and put them in a box, your average Joe... He's not, he don't got enough money to drop $200,000 on the property without it killing him or without him taking it out his business account and taking it out of business operations and stopping this and stopping that. And now he can't do X, Y, and Z in the business because he needed 200000 That's not logical, right? Because that's why, and this is why another important thing is credit. This is why we care about credit so that we don't got to kick out all that bread up front. But right, us as being in the black, we don't prepare each other. That we don't part. prepare our kids. We don't teach them what credit is. And some of us mess up their credit. I was about to say that before they even get the Putting table bills in your kids' names. Their credit. <laughs> cell phone bills in your kids' names. Shame on you. Shame on shame on you motherfuckers. And please and if you're one of them kids with some shit like that on your credit, you can fight it. It wasn't you. I'm sorry, but you couldn't sign up for a cell phone bill when you were five, okay? It's just legally not possible. So you can fight it, so please don't be dumb and be paying the shit off that your parents technically owe. And you don't got to hold them accountable. You can just lie and say you don't know who it is if that's what you want to do. I don't know. But just don't let that shit hinder you. And parents, please stop doing that. Stop doing that. You're setting not only your kid up for failure, but you're setting up generations after them for failure. Because it's once your credit is fucked up, it's hard to fix it. And please, parents, talk to your kids about the impacts of cell phone bills, um, auto loans, um, insurance policies, um, letting these things lapse and not pay, like, stop signing up for things you really can't afford. You have, we have to, we have to stop taking on debt we can't afford to pay back. It's killing our credit and your credit goes down and you know what, you gotta pay. $500 more for something somebody else is paying $154. Yeah. So now you already financially, your income probably don't compare to theirs because of the constraints that we put. That, you know, let's just say the world, let's say it's the world's fault. You don't make as much money as them, but now you also paying $400 more on the same card than them because you didn't do what needed to be done with your money when you had the chance. Yeah. Credit is everything. Also too, 
families that have come into wealth in regards to grandparents leaving property or parents leaving property, don't sell it unless you really, really, really have to because it's very hard for us to be able to purchase and acquire an and asset. put it in a fucking trust fund. If you really don't know what to do with it. Put it in a trust No, I'm saying even if you do. And let me tell you why. And this is something I've seen working in banking and you might not even... I don't know. You might be aware. I don't know. But... Okay. I'm, and I'm going to make this a quick example. Alright? I'll got y'all. I ain't going to drag it out. Okay. Grandpa has been... Um, had high blood pressure, he got bad kidneys, he got thyroid problems his whole life, right? So he's been in doctor's offices on medication. And you know what? He got $400,000 in medical bills. He's married to grandma, right? Grandma don't got that many medical bills. Grandma is healthy as an ox. Grandma don't got nothing to worry about. Grandma has been taking care of herself. She like damn near vegan. You know, you know, she's like, she don't eat butter. Like, you know, she, she, she got years, right? Grandpa died. Grandpa has $400,000 in medical bills. She got $400,000 in medical debt. Grandma and grandpa owned a house together. Mm. House is paid off. We're talking about it. Let's say $350,000 house. Let's just say $350,000. Grandma turns 92. Grandma dies. Mm. The house is free and clear. They done paid the mortgage off. You thinking because grandma ain't had no medical debt, everything is good. But grandma and grandpa are married. Grandma and grandpa both are responsible for the same debts. Grandma and grandpa had an asset. Grandma and grandpa now owes $400,000 in medical bills and that house only worth three fifty. dollars They come in and take the fucking house. Or you gonna pay $400,000 in medical debt. In order to not lose the asset. Or it goes to the state because probate. It's, it's automatically going to go to the state for your debts that you owe. The yeah. medical bills. Unless you can afford to pay the medical bills off. Then they let you keep the asset. As long as you're, you know, next to Ken or whatever the case may be. But if you put that house in a trust. And it does not have to be irrevocable. It can be a revocable one. One that changes. Mm -hmm. If you put that house in a trust for, like, for, let's say grandma and grandpa put it in a, a trust for all their children. And then they had grandchildren and they decided to put the grandchildren on a trust too. Let's say grandma decided to do that as soon as grandpa died and he had $400,000. Right? Now when grandma dies, they can't come and get that $350,000 house because of the $400,000 in debt because it's in trust for those children and those grandchildren which means that 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 grandma and grandpa said yeah we own it yeah we pay for it but it's in trust for them so it's really for them we just have to keep it and maintenance it and, and you know maintain things but it's really for them so you can't come get this because i owe you debt you you can't come touch this that's all it means and you know what if grandma wanted to refinance it and get herself fifty thousand dollars out before she dies she could, even while it was still in the trust. She just revokes it and then put it back in. After the loan closes, grandma can still do whatever the fuck she need to do and still access the equity in that property. That's not handing over any ownership to the kids unless she dies. She has to die first. So protect y'all assets, bruh. And I'm not talking about cars. Man, that shit depreciates every day. I'm not talking about that bullshit. I'm talking about your money sitting in bank accounts. I'm talking about 
your fucking stocks and bonds and I'm talking about your properties. Put that shit in a trust fund so if somebody came and shot you tomorrow, nobody could come take your shit. So, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about um, a few different pieces, you know, importance of credit, you know, you know, your family, um, you know, and how your upbringing might have impacted your financial background. We've also kind of tapped into, um, you know, how to protect assets um, and financial literacy, right? The one thing that I feel like we have not talked about, which I think is just very big in the black community because we like fast money. Mm -hmm. Fast money. Fast money. Get the money fast, get rich, kick quick scheme. Fast money don't make no money. Mm. Get rich, quick schemes. Schemes. There's a theme of the word in there. Schemes. Schemes. Right? I think one of the biggest and most impactful way um, we see schemes right now is pyramid schemes. Give me X amount of money for this thing. I'm gonna show you how to turn this thing into more things. And then you wanna show other people how to do the same thing. And they're gonna pay you the same thing. And then for everybody else that you add on the team, it's gonna be more of the same thing. More money, more money. Right? So, some of y'all not gonna like me. I'm not trying to upset anybody. I, I swear to y'all I'm not. Um, but I told y'all I, I have an economic, I'm an economic minor. I have an economic background. Um, no, I'm not as in-depth as I plan to be one day. <clears throat> but I'm very knowledgeable. And y'all love Forex. And what I'm going to tell you, that's not the same as trading stocks. Y'all can trade foreign exchange currency all you want. Let it come up a little bit, then sell it and all that. And you're working for nickels and pennies and dimes. The real money is coming from the money that you're paying in order to sign up for this thing. And the more people you get to sign up, the more money you're going to make every time somebody sign up. The more money the person is above you are going to make every time that person gets somebody else to sign somebody else up and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and we can take it back, right? Because the people that you see doing Forex now, if we really think about it, especially if they're in their 30s, because I, I can only talk from my age frame, right? I'm not 30 yet, but I will be very soon. And... Those people that are doing forex, or first of all, most of them probably aren't doing it now. Still, yeah, <laughs> most, yeah, most people that were doing forex, but seven, eight months ago, they're not doing it now. Most of them, some of them still are, but most of them aren't. And those are probably the same people you've seen do wake up now, because mm. <laughs> those those people. They were saying they were waking people up. They was really getting niggas to fall asleep and kick their money out. Um, which is also the same people that did the whole MCA shit, which was like a company that you paid in order for them to like insure certain like appliances and give them life insurance and all sort of stuff. But you, you, you basically the bulk of it was you get all these services, you pay for that same those same services. You get a discount, but the more people you sign up, you don't have to pay. And then you start to get a portion. After you get past a certain amount, you start to get a portion. And then it goes all the way back to what, what year was it when you just looked up Cutco? 
1949. <laughs> Cutco is one of the biggest pyramid schemes you'll ever see in your life. You pay a certain amount of money to start up fees or whatever. Basically, that money went towards your knives, and then you took those knives and you went door to door or person to person or online or whatever your specialty was in order to sell those knives. And you know and then also have parties to recruit more people to start selling those same knives and then you got a portion of their startup fee that they paid for that like you know just another pyramid scheme i need my black people to stop being so susceptible and i also need the black people that's deciding that they're gonna get involved in shit like this stop trying to lie to people and make it seem like it's not what it is that's my problem with y'all. I don't give a fuck about what you're doing. I don't care if you're running a credit repair company and because a lot of these companies are, they're not really fixing your credit. They're writing letters to get things removed from being reported from your credit. And then when you stop paying them, they stop sending the letters. So these things pop back up and now are impacting your credit score all over again and they were never really going to begin with. I'm fine with your hustle, but be real about your hustle. Just stop lying and making people think that they're signing on to million dollar shit when really they just signing on to another side hustle. Mm. And this is how the money should be coming in. Don't tell somebody they making money because they selling knives when they really making money from bringing more people who want to sell knives. And not saying that that model itself, like that that model doesn't. Work. There's a success in there it. There is success in and it. And somebody has to do the job. It also has to do with how you apply the knowledge that you're learning while being a part, affiliated with those organizations. And your motive and intention sells too. A great, a great field to be in, if you like it. We in it, but we don't like it. <laughs> so now that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> it's just that like, at the end of the day, when it comes to building a gap with financial literacy in the black community shared knowledge and applied knowledge would help us substantially as a community be able to bridge that gap mm -hmm. and if we don't have a conversation about the mistakes that we had or that we made and if we don't if we aren't transparent about the investments that we made as well how are we going to grow and evolve as a community? That's my issue. Like, just be real with me about what we're doing here. Because <laughs> like, life is a hustle. Don't sell like, me a dream. Tell me what I got to do to get where I want to be. That's it. The truth. Don't sugarcoat shit for me, homie. Life is definitely a hustle, but you have to... I should learn. be able to choose my hustle. You should be able to choose it, yes. But in doing so, it shouldn't come at the expense of conning someone else or making someone ignorant and blind, knowing that the motive and intention yeah. on doing or, or sharing that information is more for personal gain than it is for community Exploiting gain. people. Stop exploiting people. Stop exploiting people. I was almost exploited a couple times, but I'm smart enough to ask the right question. And if a person can't give you the right answers and you start asking the right questions, well, then there's your answer. <laughs> then there's your answer. Because at the end of the day, your interactions with people should never leave you confused. That's in financial mm -hmm. sector. That's in your personal life. So the moment that you feel confusion or it doesn't sit right with your intuition and your gut, that should be, your senses should be going off. Okay. Yeah, What's being concealed here? 
Yeah, but... What's not being shared? Like, granted, there are some things that are exclusive, but there are some things that do need to be addressed and do need to be said up front for someone to make a logical decision. Where do you think the biggest opportunity is for success? For the average black person to be successful. Where does it come from? Like, no, where do you think the biggest opportunity is? Like, where do you think we can grow the most? Like, what is something like about the way we currently do things that we could just change to make that difference? Honestly? From, from expected to be the poorest to expected to be one of the richest. Like, why, why don't, why people look at us like people with money? What the Panthers is it that is it that the Honestly, way we carry we carry ourselves? It's a combination of that, and it's also like I I wholeheartedly think that during the the Panthers era was like the best time for Black people. You know, I wonder where they are now because I just feel like if it, like <laughs> if I could call someone else other than the police to protect me. It's not even about protection either. It, it is about protection, but it's also about what they actually did in the community. Like they created a lot of programs that we have utilized throughout our childhood that wasn't a thing before and I mean it still aren't a thing now though because it's not like those things really came back I mean don't get me wrong you could probably pay for it but yeah. you can't go nowhere and get it for free but it's just like I feel like where where we fall short as a community is just not caring about each other like we're always trying to get ahead of each other instead of in comparison to other cultures really diving in deep if we share the same value and goal why not network across mm -hmm. instead of reaching up and then having to deal with being the only black person in the seat or i had to take that back like what i just said like because knowledge is everywhere for free bro you can go on youtube and find anything yeah it really is free and it's the key Financial literacy and financial knowledge is really the key to success. However you won't get it, whether you won't go to college and get it, whether you don't need a degree to get it, whether you won't be out here hustling, you know, just stop doing illegal shit to get that it. Because they have to go hand in hand. Right, that's what I said, illegal shit. You gotta stop doing illegal shit. You can't have integrity dabbling in some shit that's gonna really put you behind bars because what is that doing for everybody else that you're supposed to inspire or encourage to do better than what you did? Most of us have kids or will have kids or whatever the case is or got nieces and nephews that are looking up to us. Somebody is looking up to you to be the example and it's like we gotta show them that there are other options other than the illegal ones that keep putting us behind fucking bars, number one. Or dreaming to be a rapper or a basketball player. Or but some people could do that though. Not say no, I'm not discrediting it, but it's just like <laughs> Not everyone is going to be able to fit. It's one in a million. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't every, every four in ten people. And so as a community, we just have to stop being selfish. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay. But we are, though, and that's the sad, that's another sad thing. It's okay to want the next, the, it's okay to have the next generation supersede our success. That's what generational wealth is. We should want the next generation to aspire to be better and get better opportunities than us. It's selfish to sit back and say, oh, I'm not going to put you on because I don't want you to have better than what I do. Fuck no, that. why is that? Fuck that. Because here's the thing. My my biggest issue in the black community is that black people be jealous of their own kids. Why the fuck do you feel in competition with somebody you gave life to? 
your only goal in life should be to make life easier for them than it was for you. And that doesn't mean that you gotta raise a spoiled child and do everything for them. No, that means you're gonna prepare them for life and they, they gotta understand how life works and everything ain't a yes. Some shit is a no and some sometimes shit don't go your way. So therefore, there's work that has to be put in. And I think that parents need to understand your child doubling your income at half your age you're a successful parent your success your success and we're going to tackle it on a future episode because we're going to do a parenting episode but stop kicking these fucking babies out at 18 because when your mama kicked you out at 18 did you know how to make sure that your fucking phone bill was paid your cell phone bill was paid you was able to you had enough knowledge to work a job where you could afford a car note and rent please tell me i want to know if that was you tell me tell me how i want to know how i mean my parents how much would you make in an hour how to budget like at 12 but could you have at right but at 18 did you have the tools to sustain your entire life caleb oh no most definitely not. could you pay for where you live how you get around get to work maintain whatever education you may or may not be pursuing and be fine no at 18 i still make mistakes despite despite <laughs> the all the extra tools that it, i'm yeah. sure your parents gave you that most of us don't get because that's why i i fucking value you so much because your parents gave you tools i feel like a lot like that's why i say to you all the time like you are exactly what i want my kids to be like my kids need to understand you work you work hard but you could play hard too like yeah. there's a quality of life that you deserve and you know you, you're a prime example of that but even you i still struggle at 18 you couldn't you couldn't pay rent made sure your car note was never late made sure your cell phone was still on not have health insurance but maybe you caught covid like stop kicking these babies out at 18. successful white families take care of their kids till they're 24 25. sometimes even to up to 30. if you want to be a doctor that white parent won't take care of you until you graduate with your doctorates you know why? Because it's a lot to stress and try to build a life. If you are an entrepreneur, you know what white families do? They give their, they invest in their child's dreams after their child comes up with a plan and they give them the tools to come up with that plan and then they invest in their dreams and then they give them opportunity to turn that into success. And then they tell them, okay, now you can go. Stop kicking these babies out at 18. I feel like that's the biggest downfall in the black community because you kick them out at 18 and then they go get a cell phone bill in their name that they can't afford. And then they stop paying it. And now because they signed up for a two-year contract, instead of it just being one month that they didn't pay or whatever, it's 14 It's, it's 14 months that they didn't pay because they was able to pay it for 10. And now they got 14 months of payments, over $3,000. That's now when they credit this money that they owe because now it's charged off because they can't afford to pay it and also pay rent and keep gas in the car and blah, blah 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 and whatever the hell come on bruh hey we not dumb 18 eight you can't get a kid out of 18 you should kick your ass every day your own ass every day like you need to kick your own ass every day now if you're a millionaire and your kid's smart and you gave him a million dollars i see you again i can see you told me get the fuck out of here i gave you a million dollars this should last you for 10 years 10 years while you go to school or whatever and i paid for your condo now that's different that's that you you can do that now when that 
because I, I say when, I should say if, but I'm going to say when. When that child fuck up their life, because they usually do, they will be back on your fucking doorstep, because that's not a setup for success. But, <laughs> you know, that's what you're doing, then, yeah. Um, I guess it's worth a shot. But we also just need to also value the village roots that we do have, because one of the prime things that I've learned to value in life actually came from my... A professor that I had at Pace, and she was like, everyone's not going to be an expert in everything, but mm -hmm. it's good to surround yourself with people that are experts in particular areas of life. Mm -hmm. Because one, it does, it makes you more well-rounded and more knowledgeable for those fuck-ups and those mistakes. But two, it also allows you to also reach one, teach one. Mm -hmm. And that's how we continue to get ahead. And have impact. And have impact. Mm -hmm. I agree. And now that I agree, we're gonna drop a jewel. Hey, <laughs> that's what we came to do. We're here to drop it. We dropping jewels, jewels, jewels. We jewels, jewels, jewels. Then we dropping jewels. Then we dropping jewels, jewels. Jules, Jules, we dropping Jules. Hey. <laughs> and if you haven't already, pause this video, like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna drop this jewel one time for the one time. One time for the one time for the one time. Alright? Okay. Okay. Money, money, money. It makes the world go round. It's also the root of all evil. So you gotta be careful and keep your ear to the ground. Listen long when you get it and ask a lot of questions when you don't. And understand the world often won't have pity when you can't stay afloat. We all have responsibility. Remember, our system was set up for us to fail. And that's why everything us black people endure, we must perform and do it fucking well. Your struggle is your story and your knowledge is your key. Finances are the gateway to the places that wasn't meant for you and me. Get your credit up and get your bag big be it a nine to five or other. Just don't be into the illegal shit because they are waiting at every second to take us under. Find a legal hustle and make all your haters very, very, very sick. So you can smile or cry in a mansion instead of doing either in a nasty, dirty ditch. Because mm. <laughs> I'm ready to cry in a mansion if I can't cry in a bitch, bitch. Okay. <laughs> and we did it again. And we dropped one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. You count them because I can't. <laughs> I never can. I can't keep up. We talked a lot of great shit tonight. Thank you again for giving mm -hmm. us 45 minutes of your life. Tap in. Stay tuned. Thank you for coming and rocking us with us another week. 
Again, www.bitchesseasonnetwork.com. And we will see y'all next week per usual. Treats every week. Treats every week. I mean, you got a treat every week. <laughs> Peace. Love. And, and prosperity. prosperity. Bye. <laughs>